Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. American Theatre Wings, Tony goes to... And the Tony Award goes to... And the Tony goes to... Dear Evan Hansen. Memphis. Watts. Avenue Q. Hamilton. A strange week. Hello and welcome to Next Best Theatre, a branch of Next Best Picture. My name is Cody and I'm here with the lovely Lauren LaMagna. Hello. And Dan Bayer. Hello, everybody. And we are here to talk about the most exciting thing happening in the theater scene right now, which is the Tony nominations. This past Tuesday, the nominees for the 2023 Tony Awards were announced, and that's covering the 2022-2023 season. And we're so excited to just do a quick little reaction episode about these nominees. Um, We're going to do a regular prediction episode a little bit closer to the actual ceremony. So this is going to be more of a just general thoughts and talking about the snubs and who was included and who wasn't and our just general thoughts on this season and this award show. Let's go around and just talk about our general feelings about these sets of nominees. Dan, are you ready to go first? Yeah, I am ready. I've been struggling with these nominees. (laughs) Like, not because I'm unhappy with them, but because I felt like they did a lot of very weird things. And there were a lot of ties and the things that got in with the ties were not the things that I would have expected would be in that situation in a lot of cases. But I love that there were so many plays in particular that had closed that got nominations. I was over the moon for the nominations for K-pop, although like a little like kind of weirded out that they went for K-pop and almost famous in original score when there were legitimate contenders on the play side. And both of those had closed without much critical love for their scores. But overall, there are some really great things amongst these nominees. And of course, all the nominees I think are deserving. Dan, since you're in New York proper, how many of these shows did you see this season? So, (laughs) I saw Into the Woods, I saw Some Like It Hot, I saw Almost Famous, I saw uh, Dancing, which got no nominations. Nothing. I was so upset. I was going to say it's part of your name. I was was very, (laughs) very upset about this. And I I didn't see it live, but I didn't see the... um, recording that they did of the Justin May's Christmas Carol, which was, I mean, he was phenomenal in that. 
it's amazing that he only seems to do shows where he can play everybody. Right? Like, it's, one character, I'm not interested in that. It, <laughs> no it's like an you. incredible you niche. love an actor with a type. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible niche that he's built for himself, truly. Right, because he won his Tony for I Am My Own Wife, where he's the yeah. only one on stage. And then in Gentleman's Guide, he played, like, eight roles. And then, yep. of course, this Christmas Carol, which was also one man. F- like, 50 different characters. Incredible. Crazy. That, like, like weird things. Like, he didn't get a nomination, but the show got nominations. Yes. yes. And, like weird things like Camelot somehow getting in best revival of a musical, but the Aaron Sorkin was apparently eligible for the book and he did. Sure was. And, and neither of the leads got nominated. Philippa Sue who is a big star supposedly got zero Tony nominations, even though she had two chances. It's weird things like that. A lot of categories. And I was just like, what, very strange. So would you say in your estimation that based on what you've seen in just the general nominees, would you say this has been a good season or kind of average or not so great? I, I think it has generally speaking been a really good season, at least for the musicals. All of the ones that I saw. Oh, I also saw the um t- I also saw the seventeen seventy-six revival that also LOL. got completely shut out. I forgot out. about that. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god, yes. <laughs> I think that all the musicals that I've seen, with the like lone exception of Almost Famous, have been pretty good. Mm-hmm. And from what I've heard from everyone else, everything really has been, with the other exceptions of Bad Cinderella and, uh, to some people, New York, New York. So it's been really good for the musicals. The plays, it's always so tough because there are so many limited runs. But then there are so many like Ain't No Mo, which not only like it, that closed really early. It was an early show in the season and it closed after like 28 performances or something like that. It didn't even play its full run. So yeah, in like December. Yeah. And it's great that they remembered these things. But it's also weird that like certain high profile, more recent things got snubbed in strange places or like all these ties in the acting categories and, so many ties. and you, you don't also nominate Laura Linney for summer 1976. They're the only two people in that play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, there were a lot of ties too, which made a lot more sense because of the COVID of it all. Yeah. This year, I'm a little bit mystified. I know, obviously, the Tony nominating branch, unlike other bigger award shows, I'm saying bigger in terms of, you know, amount of things they have to watch, has a very small amount of people in it. I believe it's less than 40. So it's understandable that there be ties because that's a small voting body, obviously. Yeah. I kind of want them to make just some firmer decisions, but that's just me. All right, Lauren, what did you think of these nominees and the season overall? And I don't know if you've gotten a chance to see any of the nominees or any shows in general this season, but I'd love to hear about any if you did. Yeah, unfortunately, I haven't been out into the city to see um, any of the new shows, which really is a bummer. I'm going to make it a bucket list, bucket list, but like on my list for the summer to get out there. But I think this was a pretty good season for Broadway. Um, but I do agree with Dan that these Tony noms are weird. I think that's a really good adjective for it. I just remember listening. So I was driving, listening to the um, nominations and they just kept listing names for categories of where I thought it was over. It wasn't just five. It wasn't six. Sometimes there were seven names being drawn, which I thought was crazy. I don't remember like hearing an awards group give out these many, like so many ties. It was absolutely um, crazy for me. And I was really interested um, once the whole nomination was over. Um, 
kind of like the selective memory, what they remembered and what they didn't. I expected um, a lot of the West End shows to be pretty good as they did overseas. I know we do like to celebrate the New York stuff and the American stuff, but it was weird to see them only get like a quarter of what they normally got. Um, I expected the piano lesson to do really good and the fact that it only has two. So that was weird but I do think it's a good season but I think the nominations are overall they don't make sense which is interesting and weird and it is reflective of the voting branch I guess but there is a lot of um amazing talent that happened and it's just weird to see you know what translates and what doesn't and again it's just a weird overall group of nominations again they're all amazing artists and they deserve it of course but it's weird to see what they nominated and the productions they did and the aspects of the production that was nominated and wasn't. All right. And as for myself, I am the furthest flung of the trio here. I live in Chicago, so I've gotten the chance to see none of these, obviously. I did just the other night, the same night of the Tony nominees, get to see the tour of the nominated revival of Into the Woods. So that's the only thing I've seen from this season. And granted, it was a touring production, but I like to imagine it was quite close, especially given how I don't want to say bare bones, but scaled down that production was and how many of the actual Broadway people were in the touring production. So I have to say overall, I think in terms of I'm speaking just the musicals because that's an easier branch of art to kind of maybe not completely judge, but get a better sense of from afar because you can watch, you know, videos of performances and listen to cast albums. And I've listened to every available cast album I have from the season of what's already been released. And I have to say, I think this musical lineup is good, but not great. I was a little bit more impressed with last season's offerings. I I think in particular, I'm, you know, most excited about something like Kimberly Akimbo. That's definitely the kind of musical that's ignites my creative flame and anything with Janine Tesori, I'm immediately there. So I'm excited to see that get some love. And I'm really excited for something like Shucked to get the recognition it did, because that is a totally original musical. It's the only one of the nominees not based on something previously or featuring previously written music. And that's just always something to celebrate, even if regardless of quality. And completely out of nowhere. Like it didn't yep. tour or anything. It just went. Yeah, I think it did like a oh, workshop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that happens every now and then. And it is like something Rodden did the same thing. I'm pretty sure they maybe did one smaller out of town tryout a few years before. Yeah, but, they did. They had. Yeah. But I guess these broad raucous comedies with original scores are just meant to be on the great white way. And from everything I've heard, that shows a good, good time. So I'm excited to see that succeeding. In terms of the revivals, I also think this has been a pretty decent season. We have two Sondheim shows here, obviously Into the Woods and Sweeney Todd. And Into the Woods was kind of the talk of the town last season. You know, it kind of became something of, of a fun thing for people to go and see the different replacements because the producers clearly were catering to a very Broadway fan audience with their casting, even to the end of the run. The replacements were all stars, you know, Tony nominees, known names, Tony winners. They really were going all out to pack this house for a limited run and obviously worked out well for them. I've heard mixed things about Sweeney Todd, which is a little bit of a disappointment because that's one of the best shows ever written. Obviously, you've heard mixed things. Yes, yes, I've I have been... only heard raves. See, I've heard I've heard a good amount of raves, and then I've heard a lot of people who are aficionados in the art form and specifically Sondheim saying hmm. it is just fine, which is. For a show like Sweeney Todd, I need it to be better than just fine, but I would love to see it myself and judge for myself. But other than that, I think on the play side, it's quite a strong season, especially in the revival category, because they couldn't even fit in all the notable revivals here. You know, it's really a 
a phenomenal season when something like a death of a salesman revival that got pretty good reviews can't even get into best rival of the play that speaks i would say quite highly of the quality of the plays overall mm. yeah I, I think it's been a, a decent season from what i can see and i look forward to getting the chance to actually see these shows but in the meantime again without getting into predictions i kind of want to talk a bit more specifically about these nominees so i think it'd be fun to go around and talk about uh, what we think were our favorite nominees of this bunch. I can go first since I'm already talking and I'll just keep on talking. <laughs> I am so, so happy for Alex Newell, who was yes! nominated. Mm-hmm. I get that reaction. <laughs> who is nominated for Shucked and Best Featured Actor in a Musical. Yeah. They are a performer that's been working hard and known to theatrically minded audiences for a long time i saw them in the spectacular revival of once on this island a few years ago and so yeah they were beyond so robbed of a tony nomination that year absolutely i mean just a total standout and one of the stories of this season is their song in shucked called independently owned and it's just been Mm -hmm. kind of rattling around theater circles and youtube for a while now because it's just an absolutely perfect display of their gifts vocally and acting wise and a banger yep it's really just a perfect showcase of what a performer can do. So I'm just really excited for them, not just for the breadth of their career so far and their talents, but also as a gender nonconforming performer. It's just so thrilling to see somebody like that get recognition in this in this arena, which is obviously the categories are still extremely gendered, which is I'm kind of surprised that that's still happening here at the Tony Wars. That is a longer conversation. We can probably have another time. <laughs> it's not an easy one to have, obviously. And I don't envy anybody on the Tony committee who has to uh, figure out a better solution for what they have right now. But obviously something has to change because not only do we have Alex Newell competing this year in Featured Actor, we also have Jay Harrison G, who is also gender nonconforming and leading actor in a musical. Can I tell you, Jay Harrison G is so freaking outstanding in some like it hot i came away from that show being like has to win the tony has yeah to. i've i've heard mixed to positive things about the show overall and on my listen to the cast on my was kind of like yeah that sounds exactly like what i would imagine a some like a hot musical would sound it, like i but. i love love that shaman and whitman took let's be bad from smash, smash and gave yep. it a pop for home <laughs> Right, but Jay Harrison G's performance I've heard and from what what I have heard is just really something special. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if both of these performers, Jay Harrison G and Alex Newell, end up being the winners. And we can discuss that more later, but I think that would be a really strong sign of progress in the industry and also for the Tony Awards and also kind of serve as a, a waving flag to say this is something we need to address quickly, please. You know, this is already something that we're working on in the actual awards so we need to address it. So yeah, Alex Newell is probably my favorite, not favorite, but the, the most exciting nominee for me of these pretty decent nominees overall. Dan, how about you? Who was your, what's your favorite little nomination we got going on here? My favorite, there, there are two uh, actually that I will, that I'll say. One is uh, Kevin Cahoon for Shocked mm-hmm. uh, because he is a classic, like that guy from that thing supporting character actor. And I was so happy when I saw the reviews for Shocked and he kept getting singled out in them. So I was really excited for him to get that nomination. That's so huge for a performer like that who, you know, finally gets the chance to shine. The other one is <laughs> Ruthie Ann Miles 
for Sweeney Todd. Yeah, because like like once again taking a role that was not a Tony nominee in its original production and turning it into potentially one. Yeah, nominating her is funny because by nominating her, you're kind of spoiling the show. You know, you're saying <laughs> this, is a, this yeah. is a role that is important. It is not just one of the other urchins in London. It is something that is worthy of singling out and therefore st- important to the story. Yeah. But yeah, I've loved her since her Tony Winning performance in King and I, but that was a, an incredible performance. And it's just great to see her getting recognized again. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. All right, Lauren, how about you? What's your favorite nomination? I just find it funny that Mariah Carey could have a Tony by the end of this. (laughs) That really is great. I think it's a, I know it's very basic to say, but I think it's a really crazy concept and idea and i think that's so cool of her and i'm already am thinking about what ariana debose is gonna how she's gonna maneuver that into her opening (laughs) number she's like how many syllables so yeah that's something that i'm really excited to see you know her be in this arena and her to be at the show and just experience broadway and potentially be a tony winner i think that's really cool and technically you know in the EGOT status countdown, we're kind of watching her. So whenever we like get into EGOTs, I get very excited. So I'm watching her and I'm like, yeah, Mariah Carey, Tony nominee. Right, because what? she's <laughs> one of the producers of Some Like It mm-hmm. Hot. So she is yeah. there for a nominee. You know, ever since the EGOT conversation has become much more mainstream, I feel like we're going to see a lot more of this where... <laughs> Yeah, which famous people are, mm-hmm. you know, signing their names to checks and therefore winning Tonys. We saw it last year with yeah. RuPaul and Jay Hud both yep. winning Tonys for uh, Strange Loop, and therefore Jennifer Hudson became an EGOT winner. You know, I'm all for what whatever it takes to get shows on the Great White Way, which is famously Amen. not a easy monetary journey. I am more than okay with whoever needs to again sign their name to a check in order to get that T. That is just fine by me. Something else that I was like really happy about all the nominations for K-pop because like yeah. the, the hullabaloo that surrounded that show after it closed so early. And I have heard some of the music from it because I had seen it when it was off Broadway. Yeah. And they changed it around for, for Broadway. But like when it was off Broadway, it was spectacular. And I I was especially glad to see that it did get that Best Original Score nomination because usually musicals that close that early in the season are goners. That is something that I do like about the Tony Awards is that, you know, if a movie flops or a TV show ends early, you're rarely going to see it unless it is a specific type of product 
recognized by their respective awards bodies, whereas a closed show can still rack up Tony love. I mean, I'm thinking of something like the Scottsboro Boys like 10 years ago, which had been quite long closed and it's still nominated in like 11 categories. And oftentimes quality does win out with the Tony Awards, oftentimes not, but (laughs) has a better batting average than most award shows. Does. All right. And you know what? Why don't we go around and one more time and just talk about the most surprising snubs that we felt from these these nominees. And again, I can go first. I have two, actually. The first of all, and again, I'm a little bit biased because this is the only thing I saw this season. <laughs> but having just seen him and having known his track record with the Tonys and knowing how well this show did with the Tonys this year, I'm pretty surprised that Gavin Creel wasn't nominated yeah. for Into the Woods. It's a pretty show-stopping performance, the way he performs uh, the role of the wolf in Cinderella's Prince, which is a previously nominated role. So it's not like it's something that hasn't been recognized in this property before. And he is a previous multi-time nominee and winner. So it was a little bit surprising not to see him in there, especially because, again, with the vast number of ties we got, you'd think maybe it would be a little bit closer in some of these categories. And that's one of the categories that only has five nominees. And Into the Woods managed a nomination in every other acting category. Exactly. And Into the Woods is a showcase for actors yeah. like and vice versa. So that was a little bit surprising. You know, I'm sure he's doing just fine. And he, <laughs> again, I saw him the evening that he was quote unquote snubbed for the Tony and he's still given oh, no. incredible performance. And the second biggest snub, I'd say, I apologize if I'm stealing this from somebody, but it, it is, I think, just worthy of calling out. Again, I'm a little surprised by how few nominations the revival of Death of a Salesman got. And granted, it, oh. it closed in January, but yeah. it didn't get into Best Revival, and I was really surprised that it didn't get into Featured Actor, or sorry, Featured Actress for last year's nominee for for Actress in a Musical, Sharon D. Clark, and that's I, a I, previous winning performance, I'm pretty sure. She won the the uh, the Olivier for it, right? Exactly. And and I did see that too, and the the two of them, both of them were fantastic. She was maybe even better than he was. What mm-hmm. she did with that character, it really really incredible. And uh, the featured actress in a play is the maybe the weirdest to me of all these categories with the nominations they have, right? Because I mean. Among other things, one of the nominees in Featured Actress is Miriam Silmer- Silverman. Yeah. Very recently opened <laughs> the sign in Sydney Brewstein's window, which is a show that was mostly brought to Broadway because of its huge two stars, Rachel Bartman <laughs> and Oscar Isaac, and neither of them are nominated. And they both gonna, got great reviews. <laughs> yes. I was yeah. going to say, it was like, I don't know if it's shocking, but it was weird because the whole story of that play of just like sneaking into Broadway just at the end of um, yeah, literally eligibility on the, on the last possible day. Like yeah. literally like they was snuck in man. And so the fact that, like they're the last things they saw it's Oscar Isaac graduate of the Juilliard school. And it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy how those two didn't get it with all, you know, the moves that the production made in order that to seem to secure those nominations. Yeah, and I it's kind of a shame because I would have liked to have seen him nominated, you know, in the same year as frequent Jessica. co-star, exactly, frequent co-star and Juilliard mm-hmm. co-alumnus Jessica Chastain, who's nominated for A Doll's House. Dan, unless I took yours, do you have any other big snubs you'd like to talk about? <laughs> Sharon D. Clark was definitely one of mine. I just really, I'm really, really upset that Danson didn't get into Best Revival. 
And is it already um have a closing date? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Which is just crazy about the Tonys because you could see the effect instantly. Yeah. And it's a thing where like, because I saw it and there were opportunities to reward it. There are like, what, six nominations for lighting design in a musical? Like the lighting design in Dancing is spectacular. The scenic yeah, the design about, is really good. The costumes the, are incredible. The thing about Dancing is that Obviously, the most noteworthy thing about it is the choreography, which they cannot yeah. nominate because it is not original. It's Bob Fosse's exactly. previously Tony-winning choreography from the 80s. And yeah. it's hard to get a sense of general reactions to shows because it's not like we can log on to some sort of Rotten Tomatoes. Right. But I, the general vibe I got is that it was definitely well regarded than Camelot, which got decidedly yeah. mixed to negative notices even. So I'm that- a little bit surprised that Dancing didn't even get just a single nomination in Revival, which has happened before. For Camelot to have gotten into Best Revival, but Bartlett Cher to not get into right. Best Director of a Musical, I f- feel like that is a huge tell that it's basically in there because it's Lincoln Center Theater. Exactly. And it has the sheen of a Bartlett Cher production, which has previously yeah. been very successful in the Best Revival category. Yeah. But this is the first time that he has not been nominated for a show that he directed at Lincoln Center. The best director of musical nominees are really interesting because we have three from original musical, which is mm-hmm. Case Nicolau for Some Like It Hot, Jack yep. O'Brien for Shucked, and Jessica Stone for Kimberly Kimbo. And then we have two from the revival category, which is Michael Arden from Parade and Lyra DeBessonet from Into the Woods. Which is not how I thought it was going to go. I thought it was going to go the other way around. And that's the thing. I mean, we can talk about... Tommy Kale. Exactly. We can talk about predictions at a later date, but I was feeling pretty sure that if based on nothing else but the appeal of the show itself that Sweeney's out would be a major contender revival but for it's not even yeah. get into director I'm kind of a little bit unsure about what to do with that category now it's so strange because that's the thing that everyone has remarked upon with this production is that is it a maximalist revival of Sweeney Todd that if you are going to revive Sweeney Todd this is how it should be done it's basically like Tommy Kale staking his claim as the next Bartlett share and they said, nah, happy for Jack O'Brien and like great that Shocked got into Best Direction, but it's a little weird. Firmly makes like two tiers of both original and revival because it's very clear that the major contenders for new musical are probably something like it hot, Kimberly Kimbo, and then like Shocked is right there with Anne Juliet, which wasn't in this category. And then in revival, it's... I mean, like, I have to assume Parade is the frontrunner now because Into the Woods is closed and they don't award closed musicals. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I feel it was like so with, huge when it was. Yeah. Here. And it's I, rare yeah. that revival tours like that. I, I don't know. I feel like that actually could do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll see. We have another month or so to formulate our thoughts, but I, yeah. I will be thinking about this category for sure. Lauren, do you have a notable snub you want to highlight? Just like the all-around underperformance of the piano lesson for me. I love that play. It's a Pulitzer Prize winner. The fact that it only has two makes no sense. And the fact that it is for play and Samuel L. Jackson makes me think, like, did you guys even see the play? Like, it's crazy. I thought Daniel Brooks was going to get it. I thought 
Latanya Richardson Jackson was going to get it. And the fact that, you know, they did. And same with Washington for lead actor. Like none of these guys got in where I so thought they were all going to get in. And that just shocked me that it just was like the two minimum of this really incredible play, in my opinion, that I think everyone should at least read and see. And if not, there is a film coming. So you will see it if you can't. But yeah, the fact that it was literally like the bare minimum that this play could have got did get, which makes me, you know, kind of sad because I do think it's a fantastic play. And it's, again, Pulitzer Prize winner for a reason. I haven't seen the play, but I've read it. And it is even in August Wilson's body of work, one of the more impressive plays I've ever read. And I am similarly surprised that Danielle Brooks didn't get into featured Mm -hmm. actress in a play. But as we mentioned, that category was clearly packed because there were missing names all around in terms of who we thought would get in and it's just a very strange because like you know when i was making my predictions for the tonys i went back and read the reviews of some of these shows and the piano lesson it's really weird because samuel l jackson was like not the universally agreed upon standout in that cast if anyone it was ray fisher and john david washington and so like for him to get in, it's it's very strange. Like the times when they seem to give in to star power, and the times when they don't. Right, and like yeah. Lauren mentioned, there's a movie being made of the piano lesson with mm-hmm. most of this cast. Daniel Brooks is not transferring into the film, but Daniel Deadweiler is. So, I'll, that's that's I'm excited <laughs> to see that. And yep. Samuel L. Jackson, based on the fact that he got a Tony nomination and he's who he is, I would. Not be surprised for those listening who are perking up their ears for potential Oscar contenders if he was in the conversation. But yeah, uh, we can talk about that whenever that movie comes out. <laughs> the other, can I say another big snub? For please, me? please go for it. I don't know that it's actually a big snub because I haven't seen the show, but I am so sad for the uh, Swenson McDonald household that they <laughs> came away from this night with only one nomination between them. Right, because Will Swenson is currently leading A Beautiful Noise, the Neil Diamond musical, yep. which also got zero Completely nominees. Completely shut out. It's one thing to see when the season is packed with limited run plays. If a, a good handful of them don't get a single nomination, that's never too surprising. But for so many musicals this year to not get a single nominee is incredible. I mean, Bad Cinderella and A Beautiful Noise on the original side, and then Almost Famous just got the one for score. Yeah. And then over in Revival, 1776 and Dancing, nothing, nothing. Yeah, and it's like there were definitely opportunities to reward all of those shows, and they just didn't. And for somewhat strange choices in some cases. Yeah, it's kind of clear looking at the nominees overall that the nominating committee was really high on the five musicals that got into original musical because they also directly translated over five for five in the best book category and also best orchestrations. Which is weird because Mm -hmm. everyone I know that has seen New York, New York has said that the book is like the worst thing about that show. Everyone I know who's seen that show said the show overall is not that great. So I'm kind of surprised by a lot of this. Everyone was kind of shocked about New York, New York in general. Yeah, just generally speaking, not very good. But the crazy thing is that the people that I know who saw A Beautiful Noise said that like the book was one of the best things about it. Mm. Right. And the Tonys, like the Oscars, love to award or at least nominate people doing 
impressions of musicians you know we've had a we've had one every single year winning tonys for the past like three you know yeah. there was seven day block for share there was adrian warren for tina last year we had yep. miles MJ. Mm-hmm. exactly so it's a little bit surprising that will swenson a previous nominee couldn't even crack into again there was six nominees in leading actor but i guess that's what happens when you have a strong season for leading actors all right. Thank you so much for joining us on this reaction episode for the Tony nominations. We here at Next Best Theater will be checking in a little bit closer to the awards with our predictions for the Tonys. And the Tony ceremony this year is on Sunday, June 11th. So expect to hear from us within probably about a month or so. You can follow me, Cody, at CodyMonster91 on Twitter, Letterboxd, and Instagram. Dan, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at DanceAndDan on film and on Letterboxd and post at DanceAndDan. And Ms. Lauren? You guys can find me on the Twitter at Lauren Lamango. And you've been listening to the Next Best Theater podcast, which is part of the Next Best Picture podcast umbrella. You can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.